Hey, good morning. It's uh, Tuesday. Tuesday, April 6, 2021. Tuesday, April 6, 2021. PVTV, Political Views TV podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Tell your friends to Google it and uh, Google Political Views TV podcast, that is. And, and I'll show up right at the top of the list. search and uh, you can uh, tell them, hey, check this guy out. Uh, and if you can, bring someone with you tomorrow. I appreciate you. I so appreciate you coming here every day and listening. You don't have to. I know you don't have to, but I'm, I'm glad you're here. Um, Republicans. Let's start off with this. <laughs> this is insane, actually. Uh, Republicans, for decades, have been the whores for corporations. Uh, please, no offense to whores. You guys are awesome. You do a great service. It just happens to be a, a, a good word to just to describe uh, uh, the use in, the, in, in this case. I, I mean, Jesus supped with prostitutes, but he wanted nothing to do with corporations and capitalism. It's not that Democrats don't do it, but in general, corporations, especially those who want to uh, be able to get away with raping and pillaging the people, they know they can count on Republicans to bind the people to the stump, bent over while they rape us. But this is just incredible. Just when you thought it was safe to get back in the water, a nice Jaws 2 reference for you. Uh, Just when you thought Mitch the Bitch McConnell could possibly, couldn't possibly, be more hypocritical, two-faced, criminal, disingenuous, deceptive, duplicitous, perfidious, insidious, shifty. I can go on all day. In a statement, Senate Minority Leader, now Minority Leader, Mitch McConnell, Mitch the Bitch McConnell, warned corporations that they will face unspecified consequences if they become a vehicle for far-left mobs to hijack our country from outside the constitutional order. You know what I think? I think it's a perfect time for these corporations to stop giving to Mitch McConnell if he's going to threaten them. I think that's a good idea. After spending much of his decades-long career raking in corporate cash and combating efforts to limit money in politics, Republican Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell Monday suddenly claimed to be deeply concerned by the political influence of powerful and wealthy people who have spoken out against Georgia's state GOP devastating voter assault on voting rights. McConnell said, Businesses must not use economic blackmail to spread disinformation and push bad ideas that citizens reject at the ballot box. And has previously defended masses, massive corporate spending on political campaigns, including his own, as a legitimate exercise of constitutional freedom and has argued constantly in favor of more money in politics. Suddenly, McConnell is against it when it goes against Republicans. This is, just, this is the same thing as, the, as voting itself, where he wants people to vote, but when it's convenient for Democrats, he doesn't want them to vote. It's the same thing with corporate money. When it's good for Republicans, bring it on! But 
if suddenly Democrats, it's going to help Democrats keep that goddamn corporate money away from me. McConnell said during a press conference on, in Kentucky on Monday, he says, my advice to the corporate CEOs of America is to stay out of politics. You know what? Perfect timing. Let's do this. Let's end money and politics from corporations. Let's do it right now. No longer. Let's make, this is the perfect time to pass a constitutional amendment that would make corporations no longer people. You know what else we can do to corporations? Let's give them the death penalty. If they kill somebody, they have to be dissolved. You know what else we need to do? Let's give them a, a, a lifespan. If they want to have the rights of humans, then they can only live as long as a human lives, and then they have to be dissolved. What, 72 years? 74 years? What's the average now? Then dissolve them. They're, they're no longer good. And and all, all uh, uh, that entire corporation has to be sent out to the people somewhere. I don't know. Into the ether somewhere. It, anyway, now that I have your attention, let's try and fix the world. Uh, now let's talk about the big grift and the grifter himself, the big grifter himself, Donald Trump. Carpetbagger extraordinaire, Donald Trump. Uh, by the way, carpetbagger, you know what that is? Carpetbagger is, is a, a, a person who doesn't have a whole lot of money, and he would literally uh, staple a piece of carpet together to make a suitcase. And um, he would use it to go from town to town to run for office until he found a place where he could rest, rest his head, and he, he wins an office, and he could rest his head and make some money. That's what a carpetbagger is. So carpetbagger extraordinaire, Donald Trump's 2020 uh, presidential campaign used pre-checked boxes and obscure design on fundraising emails to wring millions of dollars out of unwitting supporters, detonating what, this is what campaign staffers called it in emails. They said, this is going to be a money bomb because of the way we're, we're being criminal. It's actually not criminal. It allowed Republicans, the Republicans, to compete against Joe Biden in uh, the last month of the race because Donald Trump wasn't making money. Nobody was donating to him. They saw the writing on the wall. So the, the few that did donate to him, he screwed them. This is how the grift worked. They sent out emails asking for one-time donations. In the email... You could click and put in an amount. I don't know. Let's say $10. Let's say $500. Let's say $990 for an example. But underneath that, unbeknownst to many, were pre-checked boxes that said, oh, double my donation or make my donation a weekly occurrence. Seriously. I'm not kidding. Many, uh, you and I, we look at emails, we don't scroll down to see what the whole thing says. Many don't scroll down because they expect honesty in campaigning. Would you really think someone would be that criminal? The practice pursued by the campaign and when read 
uh, put in place after Act Blue, you know, when read, uh, was detailed in an extensive report by the New York Times on Saturday. Good job, New York Times, by the way. This is all legal, but Ira Reingold, executive director of the National Association of Consumer Advocates, told the paper, the New York Times, uh, it was unfair, unethical, and inappropriate. Uh, The Times said the uh, recurring donations swelled Mr. Trump's treasury in September and October, just as his finances were deteriorating. Remember, there was a time there he was running out of money. Nobody was donating to him. He was then able to use tens of millions of dollars he raised after, uh, after the election under the guise of fighting his unfounded fraud claims to help cover the refunds that he owed. That's why he was asking for money afterwards. That's what the big grift was, to make money so he could pay back people that he stole from before he ended up in prison. That was the grift. And if you remember, way back in <laughs> way back in mid-November, I said this is a grift. This is a way for him to make money. This is his own personal purse. He's not going to use this for an election. His own niece said the same thing, Mary Trump. She said that he wasn't going to use this for an election. Um, example. Victor, this was a New York Times example. Victor Amelie, uh, 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 Melina, Amelino, the 70, uh, 78 year old retiree from uh, California, donated $990 in September. It recurred seven times for a total of $8,000. Trump's money bomb in emails, campaign staff, uh, that's what they called it a money bomb. They knew what would happen if they did this. Plain and simple. Trump is a grifter. This has all been a money-making grift for Trump. The election, him being president, we don't know everything that went on, but you know he was making money. So, moving on to the Chauvin uh, uh, trial. Uh, Some people say Chauvin. I say Chauvin. Um, anyway, the testimony, uh, as we discussed yesterday, the testimony of the police chief was devastating to the defense. Uh, we, you know, we talked about it a little bit yesterday before it got even more detrimental. I, I mean, I, I, I did my report before they were even done with his testimony. Then the prosecution, uh, talked to a uh, police inspector about training and talked about positional asphyxia, uh, asphyxia in training. This is, <clears throat> this is when, because of uh, George Floyd's position, he could not breathe. And they, the, the, the fact that there was training so police would know not to allow this to happen, right? So one question I hope the prosecutor would ask, but didn't, is this. Think about it. Think about it carefully. With the knowledge of the dangers of positional asphyxia that an officer learns with his yearly required courses, could an experienced officer 
use that knowledge in a nefarious way? That would be my question. But they didn't ask it. They should have asked that. Moving on. Less than a week after the Arkansas GOP-controlled legislature passed HB 1570 and put the state on the path towards becoming the first to ban health care for trans youth, Republican Governor Asa Hutchinson on Monday vetoed the transphobic legislation, calling it a vast government overreach. You think Republicans are finally realizing that people don't want their hate Do you think they're starting to realize? I doubt it. Somehow I doubt it. Uh, Asa Hutchinson's veto of HB 1570, which would uh, would have blocked doctors from providing gender-affirming care or referring patients for such care, came in the wake of sustained opposition to what the state uh, ACLU chapter described as one of the most extreme and harmful anti-trans bills in the country. Doesn't matter, though. Republican lawmakers in at least 17 other states have introduced similar bans on medical treatments for transgender minors, despite opposition from major pediatric and psychiatric organizations. So moving on, the United States. Oh, you know what? Let's talk about China for a second. China is putting more. uh, Japan is having to put out destroyers to keep an eye on China around Japan. China and Russia, China and Russia, this is going on. But moving on, Uh, the United States is working with G20 nations on a global minimum tax for companies. Treasury uh, Secretary Janet Yellen uh, said that on Monday. It's part of uh, of President Biden's corporate tax plan that also includes raising the corporate tax rate in the United States and setting minimum taxes on U.S. companies' foreign earnings. Yellen said that um, reaching an agreement would move the world away from what she called a 30-year race to the bottom. We're always in a race to the bottom because corporations control us. She didn't say that part. I said that part. Yellen said, together we can use a global minimum tax to make sure the global economy thrives based on a more level playing field in the taxation of multinational corporations and spurs innovation, growth, and prosperity. Uh, A Treasury official acknowledged that some countries may not agree to a deal, but argued there are a number of provisions in the Made in America tax plan to help address tax havens, and uh, the U.S. is working with major partners as well. you know, there, there are may, uh, many countries that won't do it. These are usually third world countries that need corporations to come in and spread a little bit of money around. I understand that. But there's, there's a limit to this. Um, a, a perfect example is Haiti. Now, Haiti and Dominican Republic are on one island. It's called Hispaniola. It's one island. It's divided roughly in half. Haiti is a little bit smaller half. It's maybe two-fifths of the island, okay? Or maybe four-sevenths, something like that. I don't know. I'm sorry, three-sevenths. So Haiti has allowed corporations in there to strip the land for literally centuries at this point. And if you look at Hispaniola from space, you can see the border 
between Haiti and Dominican Republic. Haiti, you see it's all brown and dead. Dominican Republic is green and lush. You can see it from space, what corporations have done and what corporations do when they take over countries. So it's important to know that these corporations need, I mean, I'm sorry, these countries need corporate money, but they need to think about the people first. Anyway, uh, just an extreme example. You can check out yourself if you look at a uh, world map. Um, the tax proposal is part of uh, President American's job, uh, uh, American Jobs Plan unveiled last week, which would pay for infrastructure, including roads, bridges, and airports, but also affordable housing, broadband, and other provisions. As part of uh, his plan, the president is also calling for upping the minimum tax on U.S. multinational corporations from 10.5% to 21%, which would be calculated uh, on a, a, a country uh, basis, depending, I, su- I suppose, on the country that uh, the corporations, uh, uh, the, the taxes are coming from. Uh, Moving on, a senior official from the European Medicines Agency, the EMA, said in an interview published today, there is a link between AstraZeneca's COVID-19 vaccine and very rare blood clots in the brain, but the possible causes are still unknown. Now, we know that COVID causes blood clots all sorts of places. It seems to be well, they haven't said this outright. They call it a, a, a lung disease, but it seems to be a blood disease because it can go anywhere in the body. Um, so uh, we know that. So if AstraZeneca is using the virus to to uh, 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 to to make a vaccine, then it possibly could have the same side effects in rare cases. The EMA has repeatedly said, the EMA, the uh, European Medicines Agency, uh, have uh, repeatedly said the benefits of the AstraZeneca shot outweigh the risks as it investigates only 44 reports of an extremely rare brain clotting ailment known as uh, cerebral venous sinus thrombosis, uh, CVST, out of 9.2 million people in the European economic area who have received the vaccine, only 44 have gotten this disease. It's still a concern, uh, and I would hate to be one of the 44, but hopefully, hopefully uh, we can uh, lick this thing. Anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening. Short one today, very short today. Uh, Let's see just how short for you. Under 20 minutes. Thank you so much for listening. Gosh, I so appreciate you. Uh, um, Tuesday, April 6, 2021, PVTV, Political Views TV podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I, I, I so appreciate you coming every day, and it's awesome. Bring someone with you tomorrow if you can. Tell your friends to Google me, Political Views TV podcast. I'll show up right at the top of the search. And you know it's coming. <clears throat> be, be involved. Talk to your congressman, tell them to do things for you. And remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget it. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.